Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi Mark, your set of questions today are all sort of an oddball set of questions. I'm going to get some tips from you on how to get back on the saddle after you've had a fall. How to manage a pony mare that kicks other horses, and also how to desensitize a horse to a ball and racket. So, we'll start straight away with the question on how to get back on the horse after a fall. It's from Ira, and she has a thoroughbred that she hasn't ridden for quite a few months. He reared up because he got a fright from a tractor. Now she's obviously concerned about getting back on. She says that he is nice, um, it's just she's not quite sure how to do it so that I suppose she has a bit more confidence. Do you have any tips for her to do that one? Um, well, I guess the only tips I, I've got instead of, if, if it's your confidence, is you set up things that you can sort of know what the horse is going to do when you get on them. So I'm just going to go through a few tips that you kind of do if you're getting on a young horse. Um, so make sure that when you ride for a little bit until you get your confidence and your horse's confidence back, you're in a fairly safe area and you're not near any, you know, other horses going to over-distract your horse and stuff like that. Now, if your horse has got a reactive nature that it did rear up under that sort of pressure, then you do have to realise that there's, um, I guess, a lot of work needed in understanding how to follow reins and feeling. You do a lot of that from the ground. Because I, I have a feeling there's probably also still a bit of brace and lack of understanding at certain uh, of certain pressures, and some horses still aren't when they're overwhelmed with pressure will still go up and panic. So you know on the ground you'd be making sure you do a lot of backing and you know if you can get long reins on them and get them to sort of move in between the long reins back up steer, um, you know put that you know every direction becomes nice and soft, uh, left right backing up all that sort of stuff and your horse is not fighting and feeling uncomfortable with it, with pressures and your horse can move softly in the reins and stuff like that. And, you, and you've got to do a lot of that and treat like any horse that shows, um, you know, big reactions and, and there's certain lacks, lack of education there. You have to put education as the key. And once your horse is more educated and soft, you're going to get more confidence in wanting to get on. But in the actual getting on process is if you think your horse is tired or has become reactive after you've had a bust or stuff like that, then you might sort of want to sort of gradually work on uh, getting your horse softer at the getting on process and, and, and you have some more sort of um, checks that you know if the horse is ready to be sat on. So some things I do is I get the horse kind of leading around me softly, nice and close. I pull on the saddle while it's walking, all that sort of thing. And on a mounting block, I can walk it softly. I can send it out on a long lead on the mounting block, bring it back and I can walk past on both sides. It's not frightened while I'm pulling on the saddle. I can even handle it all over with the flag while it's up, while I'm on the mounting block. I can back it up, ask it to go forward, back it up, ask it to go forward. There's no problems, no resistance. If I was pulling on the saddle all the way, as it did all, worked all the way around me, there's no no bother about that. So it's handling me on both eyes, my weight if I lean over it, all that sort of stuff. And then, if you're agile enough, what you what what I'd like to do is. I actually step on them, sit up, step up beside them, lean over them, and I just ask them to bend and walk around me a little bit um, on one side and then the other. So if they were potentially very tight, what would happen was they, um, you know, the first step would they might just, just scoot away or hump up or something like that. But you've sort of felt them walk 
softly beside you as you're standing in the stirrup. And if anything goes wrong, you just quickly step off and, and you know, just go through the process again. But that's, that's the sort of things I'd be doing. And then the other thing is um, if you get better at leading, you can take your horse out into different places leading and expose them a little bit but you want some good soft riding happening in a safe place that you know your horse can be under a bit of pressure too. So the next thing I think you want to think about is instead of um, getting into a situation where your horse can be a big fright, put it under pressure in a more calm environment. So, you know, it's got to be able to be trotted up and came back, come back soft and follow the reins at a trot, you know, tight turn here, back up here, and they can understand the pressures and follow the feel quite well, but also quite well under a bit more pressure. Um, you know, at least if you're going to go out on a trail ride with it or something like that, you want to know you'd be able to push it up the canter, you've brought it back and the horse is comfortable and not anxious about all the things that you're asking it or the, or the majority of things you need to sort of get by, like the basic backup steering and that sort of thing and the acceleration. So, you know, all that has to be worked on and yeah, it, it's not easy because everything takes time and, and you're always, you know, education, there's no quick fix, it's just all education. Okay, thank you. So the next question from Ashley is all about helping a horse to play nice. So Ashley has recently purchased a pony for her nine-year-old daughter. The pony is extremely merry and when she comes near any other horse, she approaches them nose curled, ears pinned, squeal and strike and then she'll try to spin and kick them. So Ashley's been ponying her off her quiet gelding and she has improved with him a little, but she will still try to bite him if given the chance and probably kick him, she thinks, as well. So Ashley has her paddock alone, but she can see and talk to others over the fence. She has her own supplements, but she thinks this is a learned behaviour. And she imagines that she's possibly defensive from being bottom of the pecking order in previous homes. Do you have any suggestions on how we can get her to play nice with others? Yeah, the, the hardest thing with those horses uh, is, is um, you know, if you were leading her, by the time she's spun around and kick in a natural herd environment, if the horse, the other horse was a bit nervous of it, they could have already walked away by then and got away from it. So in uh, human situations with other horses on lead ropes or riding horses, um, you know, they're not going to get out of a bubble. When she said, can you get out of my bubble? I'm very uncomfortable. My bubble's very big. Um, so basically you're right probably to say that, um, that she's, you know, defensive because of her lack of confidence from previous herds of being at the bottom of the packing order. And sometimes you have to sometimes, instead of having on a fence with other horses, have her in with other horses to let her cope with, with that, you know, other, having other horses around. Um, and then what you want to look at is how comfortably she with education because some horses their worry cups half full all the time when we've got them and the reason uh, they feel more protective or defensive I should say with other horses is when we've got them is because they feel a little bit constricted around us so they're, they're over over anxious with other horses and over protective so um, if the horse is soft with our education and they're good with us and all our things then they're not carrying a lot of anxiety so it's not um, so, so heightened anxiety causes uh, bigger boundaries and more defensiveness on some horses. So you've got to look at all the things that you're doing with her and is she okay with that or she slightly shut down around people and then she explodes when she's around horses. 
you know, all those things have to be addressed as well to really sort of sort the matter out if you're going to be thorough about it. So, you know, the connections she has around people, the safety she feels, uh, how comfortable she is with the pressure, you know, the, the transitions, following the rain, all those things. Um, chances are, I reckon there's a few holes in there and anxiety there. And then add that with a group of horses and, and as I say, they become uh, super sensitive. So if you're able in education to make her feel good enough that she's comfortable around people, then the emotions aren't as strong around the other horses. The next thing is you have to teach her to let go of strong thoughts. So she's probably got used to being one of those ponies that holds onto her thoughts and kind of goes where people want her to go, but she never quite sort of changes her thought completely. So if she's backing up, she's probably thinking forward, still just backing up her feet, not backing up properly and stuff like that. That's just an example. So um, when you turn, when you get her attention, when you do anything with her, you have to have seen a clear change of thought so she's reset herself um, after you've got her attention or got her to let go of something. If she hasn't, then basically your chance of getting her to let go of a really strong thought when she wants to go towards another horse is it's, it's basically non-existent. So um, everything you do has to involve her changing her thought and thinking about something else. So if you're going in a straight line and she starts to think right, you pick up the left rein, you've seen her let go of that right thought and follow the rein left. And because of that, she's thinking in a new direction. She forgot she's not thinking back where she was. So everything you do has to have a clear change of thought. And then when her brain is uh, like in a way, uh, or her brain works in a way with education, that it means that you pick up a feel, she follows the feel, she's let go of those hard thoughts. Then you have a tool to say, uh, I see that horse over there is worrying you. I'm going to take you away a little bit and she lets go of that thought. So the thing that you can help her with is when she's around other horses is show her that she can move away from that other horse before she gets into conflict. So show her how to just move away so she knows that away is safe and she can go away and teach her to move away from that other horse and go somewhere else and then come back and move away from that other horse. Um, any horses that get defensive towards people uh, or feel like they're backed into corners and they get aggressive to other horses, all that sort of thing, you have to show them that the back door's open. If the back door's open, they'll make much clearer. Um, um, they'll, they'll make, instead of super spontaneous, aggressive decisions, they'll make um, more, um, I would say an educated decision, but uh, a more thoughtful decision mm -hmm. because they know that escape is available so I don't have to be as defensive. Because mm. sometimes when they're trapped uh, in a rider, because they're feeling trapped and they're around people, they constantly feel a bit trapped. So they always go on the defensive with other horses because um, it's like they're backed in the corner because we're with them. So emotionally, they're going to go at the other horse instead of go, well, I might just step away over here. So we can be the ones that sometimes say, actually, don't go near the other horse, let's come over here. As long as you've got good education, it actually is good at getting her to let go of those strong thoughts. So um, then once you know she can go away, then you can slowly introduce her back to the other horses a little bit, um, knowing that if she escalates, you can say, not like that, come away, we'll just, we'll just go somewhere else for you like that. So, so she learns to thoughtfully come in towards those other horses. Um, and, and you just got to gently wean her into it with graded exposure. And also sometimes just being out again with the paddock with other horses, see how she goes. 
Um, and you don't overwhelm her too often when she's anxious with other horses. And most horses that blow up on trail that I've seen with other horses are actually, um, you know, um, hovering in this kind of anxious state when they're not even with the other horses. So, so that's really interesting. So even just look for signs of tension, anxiousness when you're leading her, because it could be that she's actually just really uncomfortable in physical trapping that lead. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to go on to the next question, which is the last one for this session, which is from Beck. And she has a horse that has been desensitized and she's been opening up him up and removing some of the braces at the clinics. But now it's really obvious that he's got big issues with a racket moving around his head and hindquarters and hates the ball bouncing near him. Heaven forbid it actually bounces up and touches him. So she knows that he's really wary of people carrying rackets around him and big issues of people on the ground passing the ball with the racket towards him. What she wants to know is how does she start to get him past this? So tipping out the worry uh, until he softens, you know, you've got a video on that, but how does she, in, in, and in the video you're doing it with a saddle blanket, but how do, is it the same? She's saying with the ball and the racket, um, considering that the ball and the racket will be moving and bouncing around him. And then how does she transition this to under saddle? She also comments that he has issues when she suddenly scratches her head or grabs her hat when riding. On the positive side, and I love this bit, he's getting really good at thinking his way through scary situations. He investigates them instead of freezing and running. He does a big snort and he snorts at things and then moves towards them to check them out. So that I think that's great. But let's hear your thoughts, Mark. Yeah, it's a good job, um, you know. You kind of feel like sometimes you made things worse to make things better and, and that's so important um on the last clinic i had a few horses much like your little fella one was a little brumby um and he he was very shut down just felt like he was a super quiet horse but not a lot of expression and his movement was clumpy and he had the same responses i remember from when i saw your horse and um one of the things we just we had to sensitize him to was the girthing because he was just too dull in the girth and she said, well, he's been through three homes and there's diff different stories, but when you pull the girth up on him, he bucks. Uh, no, so he has bucked in a saddle, but then he was educated again. And, and I thought, yeah, I, I can have a feeling that, and I said to her, I said, you know, trying to listen to him is like, you know, if you didn't know Chinese, trying to read a Chinese phone book, you'd be like, you know, it was, you were kind of lost. Um, so we had to get him awake and aware. So I did some belly rope lessons and I actually made him a little frightened of the belly rope by sensitizing to it and really showing him he had something on his belly. So then we could teach him how to accept a, a girth again in a, in a better way and, and be responsive. But when he opened up, um, he, you could see him move completely differently. He moved flowing and soft. And, and I remember your horse in particular had hard movement uh, and really choppy in the stops. He'd just stop and then he'd go and stop and go and all that choppy movement. So, um, so it's really good that he's open and searching because you have a much softer flowing horse and now he's going to tell you everything that he's scared of so you can work on him and that's that's where, where the polo racket and all that's going to sort of you know be the things that you're going to sort of teach him to understand not just flood him with it till he just goes i've got to accept it but i don't like it um so use the polo racket as a as a handling flag in a sense as um you know you just have it in your hand you get him, you know, to come towards it um, at a distance, like, at, you know, maybe however, whatever distance you think is acceptable that he can cope with it. 
you're kind of swinging around, get really big with it, showing what what it looks like when it's really big, but it's not coming towards him. Um, and then you just teach him to follow you, follow the racket, and then teach him to lead around you while you're moving the racket. And then slowly but surely, um, you know, it's like you have your hobbles on and you let your horse work out there until he can come in under the racket and you can handle him over with it, much like you'd handle him, like the, like you said, the saddle blanket lesson. I've got a saddle blanket, follow the feel. I've got a saddle blanket, follow the feel, follow the feel, soften. I see you can soften, follow the feel while I've got a saddle blanket in my hand. That'll be the same thing with the polo racket until you can sort out uh, the polo cross racket, sorry, until you can sort of handle him right over the haunches underneath himself, underneath him, and you can come in and out with the polo racket and have him on both sides and get him super comfortable at following that inside rein uh, and seeing the polo, uh, polo cross racket on the inside and then on the other inside rein. And then when you start to ride him with it, you'll, uh, I, I ride cross-handed, which, which is a bit funny, but it means I can ride with my right hand on the left rein, crossed over like this, and my left hand on what I'm trying to get my horse used to. So you'll have the, the, um, the polo cross racket in your left hand and the left rein in your right hand so you can steer him to the left while you're playing with that racket and then you swap hands um, and you, you're steering him so he's steering into that side and when he's comfortable seeing it on one eye and then the other eye then you can start to straighten him out and just have that racket while he's in a straight line and start to swoosh it around and then on the other eye and then eventually um, once he's done that on both sides you'll just start to steer him off so the racket is on his outside eye and he's okay with it and then steer him back into it. You know, if he gets a little fright, you can always quickly swap hands over, steer him back into the racket again and, and just wean him off again and go straight and then steer him away from it. And, and soon enough, that'll, that'll... And once the racket's working, then you can play with the ball more. more. So, you know, on the ground, you can start just hitting the ball around, just just bouncing it a bit, just do stuff with it while you're just working him so he's, so he's exposed to it. And then, then ride him and just even just, um, just gently have it in the racket and just roll the ball away, let him follow it like it's like he's chasing a beast uh, and then just pick it up, roll it away so he gets a bit of encouragement for chasing that ball and, you know, it's like something he can follow. Uh, you know, don't you know, bring the ball at him too much, let him control it a little bit by you, you, um, you know, following the ball and uh, then you push it along and, and follow it again and push it along, you know, just like much the same as when they follow bouncy balls or, as I say, when they start to rate cattle and stuff. Brilliant. I, I quite enjoyed listening to all of that, Mark. I, I enjoy listening to all of your answers, but that was, um, yeah, some new stuff in that, and I, I liked it. Thank you very much. We'll leave it from there, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.